Hey, hey, what up? It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are you? I hope all is well. First things first, I wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Jeff Vita of the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast for being named number one, I think it's either Kung Fu Podcast or just podcast in general, in Kazakhstan. So buddy, if you're listening, congratulations, you deserve it. Now, if this was my accomplishment, this is the part I'd be making fun of Kazakhstan, but because it's his, I would just take a knee on that, I'll stay mum on that, and just focus on the good of that. But it is very, very interesting to see which markets take to your show, and it's almost, and I guess with a lot of things in life, it's almost never what you expect, or perhaps even hope for. Because when I started this thing, I really thought I was going to be a huge hit in Canada. But instead, I have been unanimously shut out by my home and native land. Out of 35 million people, each and every single one of them said, Oh no, bud, not for me. Oh, that show of yours, that little show of yours. Oh, that's not for me, bud. Hell no, we don't like you. I'm completely baffled, because as far as I know, there are no big podcasts out of Canada. Like, I feel like all of them come from the States, they're popular around the entire world, but I don't believe there's anything in Canada that, like, stands out. People yeah, that's a Canadian show. Love that podcast, that's a Canadian show. So when I started this journey, I'm like, hey, why not me? Why wouldn't I be the next big thing? There's no reason why that couldn't happen for me. And I would be, once again, terribly wrong. Turns out the reason why not me is because people prefer good content. It turns out an entire show filled with jokes and poor taste does not get the job done here in the Great White North. People are too busy building their igloos and going to and from work on dog sled to spare any time for anything less but the absolute best. And I guess I do okay in the States. I guess my my content seems to connect with uh, people down south more than, you know, in my own backyard. But what I didn't expect is that I am huge in the Netherlands. Those guys love me. I know little to nothing about the Netherlands. Are they Dutch? Is that where the Dutch come from? Are they, aren't they like Scandinavian? So like everybody's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh my goodness, I just put two and two together. The Aryan race loves me. That's why I'm huge in the Netherlands. They're, yeah, yeah. We like your outlook in life. Although we, we prefer it if you talked a little less about the blacks and then more hate about the long noses. So it turns out if my show was slightly more anti-Semitic each and every week, I'd be fine. I wouldn't have my weekly ratings woes. This thing could really take off. But it's hard for me to go down that road. I don't. It's a, it's a real crossroads for me. Because on one hand... I would love to be a, a successful podcaster. Eh, yeah, I just said it out loud. It sounds ridiculous. So let me rephrase that. Yeah, I, w- I would like a, a show that's actually popular and loved by many people. Not that I really care what people think. So yeah, it's, it's not that hard for me. It's either have a successful podcast, with, but it just requires me to be 
uh, a Jew hater or not do that and potentially be a rebound to Natalie Portman just in case, you know, her successful husband, you know, has a couple side pieces and I got cat and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat right back with the next guy that walks through the door. And I'm like waiting like the Kool-Aid guy outside the window. And I burst right through. I'm like, oh yeah! Have you ever said anything anti-Semitic? I'm like, nope! How about against the blacks? I'm like, like one or two jokes every single show. She's like, you're perfect. And then I lived happily ever after. The end. So for that perfect ending to happen, I'm going to keep my mouth real tight and shut about this topic, just like a Jewish man's purse strings. So how are you holding up? I feel like, you know, someone should always ask that. Like, I've written a bunch of people. Yeah, some I consider friends, other I consider buddies. I just check in on them, you know, it's a... A kindness and a courtesy, I feel like. I feel like during a time like this, you know, I would like it if someone checked in on me. So I checked in. I've checked in on a bunch of people. Most of them don't seem to give a shit about me. You know, they'll talk about themselves and, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll discuss whatever they want to discuss. And when if and most of them are pretty good about being like, hey, you good? Yeah, what about you? And then I'll write them something and then no reply. It's like, now that conversation said I was just being Canadian and courteous there. We don't really give a shit about you. Have your ratings not told you anything about what Canadians think of you? I started making some friends in Dutchland there. They love me. But I digress. I gotta check in on you. Good, man? Oh, me? You know what? Thanks for asking. I will take an opportunity to talk a little bit about how I'm doing. And how I'm doing? You know, whatever. I'm just at the point where I'm like, well... I probably won't starve, thank goodness. You know, I have a good family, so I don't, you know, I think we're certainly all looking out for each other. My brothers are in jobs where they're still working, where they're still actually working, just working from home. So they've been great. They've been like, listen, like if you need groceries, we'll send you groceries. It's not an issue. So with that out of the way, I'm good. I just have to let all that other shit go. Be like, hey, you know what? It's more or less out of my control. Let's let it go, and whatever will happen will happen. I'm not going to starve, so that's that's it. You know, I'll pick myself back up when it's time to pick myself back up. Granted, I used to be a beautiful, handsome actor with a great heart, and uh, I was kind to everybody. And uh, I, you know, fell from grace once upon a time and have yet to pick myself back up all these years later. So I could be just talking out of my ass. And wow, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but it turns out the Kenny Ho Show Studios is not soundproof at all. That is just the wind, and it is going crazy, and it is annoying me. But I digress. Back to what I was saying. It's tough that I'm taking loss after loss, and today, yet another loss. I'm like, oh, I'm in pretty shitty financial dire straits, but my brothers, they wanted to play Final Fantasy XIV which is the online game where you have to pay a subscription every month. That's I'm like, oh, I don't want to play MMOs, A. But, and also, B, I don't want to pay 15 bucks every month on top of buying the game. But they wanted to pay, and it was on sale for 50 bucks. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll make a move on it. I want, you know... When you're, when you're financially in as much shit as I am, what's another 50 bucks for some good times? Bought it, downloaded it, only to... Only to find out that... Because my brother, once upon a time, 
during the PS3 era had Final Fantasy XIV and he played on my PlayStation, the PS4 version is still under his name and his account and you can't change it. <clears throat> you certainly can't do it by yourself. And I went on Reddit and people were like, yeah, no, they'll do it for you. So I'm like, okay. So I wrote them figuring they'll probably do it. I had my doubts because, you know, I'm not winning at all lately. So I'm like, I had my doubts. But I'm like, whatever. This is the only move I can make anyway. So I wrote them. Waited three days. First of all, holy shit, Square Enix. Like, have you ever heard of live agents? Like, you're a big company. You can afford to have someone sitting there. Bare minimum, get the get the response back the next day, not three days later. But secondly, they're like, oh yeah, so uh, if you uh, had a trial edition, we could unlink the account for you. But since you have the full game registered, that is not available. I'm like, what? What the hell? So what you're saying is if I didn't give you a single dime, you would be like, cool, we'll, we'll make sure you're taken care of their loyal customer who hasn't given us a single penny. And is using this service that's costing our company for free. Yeah, we'll take care of you. But the second I put down my credit card, put down the money, they're like, no, no, no. Uh, we have your money now. We don't care about you. You are screwed. Thank you. Come again. And if honestly, if they did not own, if this was like EA, I would just say, well, I'll never come again. But these guys own Final Fantasy VII. I'm coming back. But I just sat there for a second. I'm like, oh, shit. Yet another loss. Yet another 50 bucks gone. Because at least if it had worked, it's like, well, yeah, 50 bucks. I get to play with my brothers, you know, take my mind off some of this shit. Be entertained for a bunch of hours. That's money well spent. Shouldn't be spending a whole lot of money at this point. But that's money well spent anyway. But now it's like, oh, yeah. So I just basically threw $50 down the drain, basically. And it, it sucked for a second, but then I, I had a different reaction than I thought like a moment later. And I was just like, huh, I guess shit happens. And then I just moved right on. And you know what? I guess everything does happen for a reason. God is good. Maybe it's things like these where I finally just stop giving a shit. Because everything bothers me. I take things to heart. And honestly, if you think about it, most of it just doesn't matter. It, like... When people are dicks to you, if it's somebody at work, somebody off the street, why the hell do you care? What's their opinion mean to you? And life is full of shit. Life is full of damage, basically. When you're, when you're a small child, you're born in innocence or whatnot. And through the years, all that just gets chipped away. Happens to the best of us. So you just have to be like, whatever. There are lines, of course. Sometimes you gotta be like, throw at least some words if not a fist but the fist part i would say almost never i don't know i guess if somebody grabs your ass and you don't want them grabbing your ass time to throw the fist somebody throws a fist at you probably at least put your hands up the block if not all right time to also throw a fist when i'm in my rebound relationship with natalie portman or her rebound relationship with me i guess and her husband tries to do something about it he tries to stab me and end my blissful woe also time to throw a fist but mostly it's just like meh shit happens don't even think about it move the hell on especially since i live in canada worst case scenario it's like all right well i have zero money mr mcginty i'm gonna need some of that fare Let's hope it doesn't get to that, but that's an option. So I'm not going to sweat it. Not going to sweat very much of anything. And that's the way one must live their life. 
focus on the good. Sure, I'm not big in Canada, but but I'm a podcast superstar in the Netherlands, baby. Yeah. And back in the day, this would be a part where I put in that sound effect. It goes... The Kenny Ho Show, episode 238, will cover Final Fantasy VII. Frickin' hate Square Enix, but I love them at the same time. Remake, review, and no anti-Semitic comments. It's showtime. Let's go. So, the game I've been waiting half my life for has finally arrived. Final Fantasy VII The Remake. And even though right now I hate Square Enix corporate, I love Square Enix creative. Because they delivered. They made a great game. In a way, it is way better than I ever hoped. Like when I first saw this thing at Fan Expo, uh, when I couldn't play it because I wasn't a VIP, but I saw some jabronis playing it, and it looked incredible. I, I never imagined it would look like this. Third person, here's running around with Cloud. They're basically playing Advent Children, but in a video game. And it does flow nice, it does run smooth. Like, I'm used to playing GTA, and as much as I love GTA, that, that character is clunky. Like, the running around, I'm like, is this man made of plastic? Is he actually secretly a pirate, and he's running on two wooden legs? But you do not have that issue in Final Fantasy. It's like so smooth. It's like butter. It's like silk. And back in the day, you would just see Cloud. He'd just be the only guy running. But in this, you got the full team. And it was really cool. It's like a small detail. But when I finally had the dream team of Cloud, Aerith, and, and Tifa. And there's lots of ladders. You got to climb up this thing. You know, the first couple times, I just treated it like... You know, whatever, they'll follow me. But no, they wanted to go first. And I was just like, you know, when I caught on to that, I'm like, oh, okay, well, ladies first. So it's like a nice little detail like that. It makes all the difference in the world. Like, they're always with you unless, you know, for story purposes, they take them out of the party. But if they're on your party, you see them all the time. And that's really nice. Because this game, it is like, it's such a huge part of my childhood. Came out in 97, so I was a kid. Kid like 10, 11 years old, and then I played it for years. I was like level 100 with all my characters, you know, and uh, when Aerith died, spoilers! I mean, if you don't know that Aerith died, you probably don't care enough about this to care that I just spoiled it. But when she died, I was heartbroken. Like, I knew it was coming because I watched my brother play it, so I, I avoided it for so long, that's why I got to level 100. And then when she died, I'm like, I'm gonna kill you, Sephiroth, I'm gonna be level 100 and mess you up. And lo and behold, he wasn't hard to beat at all. I whooped his ass. But then I got cutesy at the end. Instead of using Omni Slash on him, I just wanted to see what would happen. And I killed him in one stroke. I'm like, Arr! I built all that up for no reason. But I still killed you good during the battle. So it was really good to, to, to play this and experience this game in a completely different way. But, you know, it was kind of like spending time with old friends. And it was just really great that I could spend so much time with these old friends. And I really did dig Advent Children, how they updated all the, all the graphics, how they updated everybody's look. And although I guess you got to do a bit of it in um, Dirge of Cerberus, as mostly Vincent, which I'm pissed that he's probably not in the first one. 
can't wait for the second one, I guess. But I love that game, Dirge of Cerberus. Really, you know, got to... That was like the first experience, you know, with the new graphics and such. And then watching the movie. But with that one, you watch it a thousand times. You'll never get to interact. But now you finally do. And I guess let's do good news, bad news, all the good news first. The battle system is immaculate. It is so much fun being able to like freely swap through and go th- and switch between the characters on the fly. It's so intuitive. It's so easy to use. And everybody plays a little bit differently. So it's not like, well, back in the day, it's like even though everybody has a different style, they all play the same. It's either attack items or abilities or spells. In this one, you know, Tifa's rapid punches feels very different than Cloud and his big sword. She's athletic, she's mobile, so she can move faster, she can jump into the air higher, which is necessary when some of these enemies are flying in the air and Cloud is just not quick enough to get to them. And then Barrett, he's a badass in this game. You know, some of these enemies, you can't get to them because they're up perch somewhere where the only where you have to strategically use your long range gunner to shoot him and man he's fun so much fun to play with he's not in most the game which is a shame but when he does come back they put him front and center in a big bad way and it's so much fun like that battle system gets a hundred out of ten it is it is perfect that's a perfect battle system as i said the game looks beautiful everybody moves and flows really nicely and easily I don't my god, like, they fleshed out everything. Like, I don't know, did you play back in the day? If you did, remember Avalanche, remember Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge? It's like, meh. They weren't memorable. And when they died, you're just like, meh. The death that will matter is Aerith. Anybody, first of all, I call, I've been calling her Aerith for 20 years, and it turns out it's Aerith. They've gone with that pronunciation. I'm like, oh, god ram it, I gotta change it up. But in this one, when Biggs dies, I'm like, oh, that's shitty. He was a nice guy. When Wedge, I thought he died, I'm like, oh, that's a shame. He was kind of, you know, whatever, goofy and fun. But certainly when Jesse died, like, first of all, they did that on purpose. They knew their demographic was just going to be a bunch of dudes, lonely dudes who do a podcast because they're too homely for television. But they purposely made Jesse really, really, really pretty. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look her up. Jesse, Final Fantasy VII. Like, she is gorgeous. And it'd be one thing, oh yeah, of course they, you know, they, they made her hot. That's whatever. But they gave basically a bit of a romance. Like, she was so in the cloud. And it was really nice and cute, you know, some of the things she was doing. And it touched my heart. But I knew manipulation when when I see it. I'm like, they're they're making me care. They're making me invested because they're going to kill her. They're going to kill her and ruin my day. And of course they did. But I thought they may do something different. In fact, I told my older brother, I'm like, I think they changed it. I think the part where they usually die, that's over already. And she's still alive because she got injured at one point. I'm like, oh, did they switch to death with an injury? My goodness, please. But nope, still still kept the goddamn death. And yep, it hurt. It sucked when she died. Like, I was I was cr- crossing my fingers because Wedge lived. Aerith patched him up. I'm like, oh, he lived. Maybe Jesse will live too. But then they, when they killed off Biggs, I'm like, ooh, this is not good. But maybe two of the three live. But nope. 
course, she has flaws. She may be sexy, she may be sweet, she might be cute, but she's also a dum dum. She threw a freaking grenade and it blew them up, but it blew her up. It's like, why don't you, why don't you like move back a little bit? There seems to be a lot of cover. You should have gone into cover and then thrown the grenade. I never got to see you without your clothes off. I mean, Cloud, he's a big old pervert. I'm an upstanding gentleman. No, I'm not, Netherlands. It's cool. Love me. Like, when she died, I got so emotional. I was so pissed off. I took that into the next battle. When I was facing the Turks, Rude and Reno, oh, they got their asses smashed because I was focused. I was, like, moving like a machine. It was awesome. And I just, and I'm, I kid you not, I just kept saying, whenever Reno and Rude would talk shit to me, I think it was just Reno who talked shit to me, I would just be like, shut up, you killed Jesse. And I went at him hard. So that was awesome. They did a good job, but they really should have just kept her alive. And that's the thing. That's the thing. It's time to get to the negatives, I guess. Even though I love this game, I felt like it's a little linear. And maybe it will change in the second one. And that, and I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, you know, Resident Evil's remade 2, remade 3, and, and now they're going to do 4. And from everything I've read and heard, 4 is going to be the big one because 4 is the big game. 4 is the equivalent to the RE series as what is 7 to the Final Fantasy series. And they saved that for last. They could have been like, hey, let's remake 4. Everybody wants it. Let's do that. But they're like, you know what? Let's redo 2 put together a team, you know, see what happens. And they liked what they saw, so they greenlit Remake 3. And they had a team already that they had in mind of doing 4, but they're like, let's put them on the 3 team so they could learn how to do it and then take what they know works and then take what they know that doesn't work and get rid of that and do what they should have done in the first place. And so part of me wishes that Final Fantasy 7 would have gotten the same treatment. They should have remade 6 first, because that was a pretty big one too. I don't think anyone would have an issue with them remaking 6, and then learning from that, and then doing 7. Because now, well at least there's 3 tries, or however many episodes there are. Again, even though I hate Square Enix Corporate, they're pulling shit like this, breaking it down into multiple parts, they kind of got me by the short hairs here, right? They own the IP... I'm lapping it up, so balls is all I'm saying. But they've got multiple shots here. They can figure it out. They can always justify why Midgar's pretty linear, where you can't... It's not really that free. It's not really a big open world. Like, it's way more linear than Witcher 3, which I always found to be way more linear than people were saying. They're, oh, it's a big open world. I'm like, yeah, but do you really ever have the opportunity to go explore it? That maybe the answer is yes, I just didn't do it. But this one, there's not much to explore. Everything's pretty narrow. Like you're you're never you spend like ninety percent of the game in the slums. You don't really see the actual Midgar up other than when you visit Jesse's house. And no, I didn't get to do her at her house. What a shame. So that would have been cool. So hopefully in the next one it is more open world and less pseudo. And I would have liked it if my decisions mattered more. I feel like in the original one, there was more choice. Like, your choices mattered more. Whereas this one, it's pretty linear. There's one cool moment. And I'm, I know I'm spoiling the shit out of this, so... But um, there is a cool moment where Aerith is on the floor, Tifa's on the floor, 
and they don't explicitly say, now choose which one you'd go to first. But you're given that choice. And of course, I went with my baby girl, Tifa. Not because she's busty. Eh? I just found her to be more lovable. I like Aerith. She's beautiful. She's sweet. She's good-hearted and stuff. But I don't know. I was just, In this one, I was actually talking to my brother about it. I'm like, I remember in the original Final Fantasy VII, I'm like, so do I choose Aerith or do I choose Tifa? It was a difficult choice. This one, I knew right away. Tifa's my girl. If for nothing else, I know she ain't gonna die. But I just wish there were bigger choices, like... Because we all know what happens in Final Fantasy VII. Everybody knows what happens in that game. And I would just like it if this remake went in very different territory. Which, I mean, in many ways they did, but I would like it so you could change the outcome. Like that, you couldn't see what was coming next. That's like, you know, these are the characters you know and love, and this is the world you know and love. Now, here's a story you don't know, or at least potentially a story you don't know, depending on how well you play and the choices you make. It would be really cool if I could could have stopped the Sector 7 plate from falling. And I know that would be... Some people wouldn't like that. Some people just want to replay the old story, but... I don't know, I feel like it'd be really cool to do something different. It's kind of like all the Dragon Ball games. It's like, oh, for the love of Christ, we've played the disease saga a billion times. Can we do something different? It would have been cool if I was able to, let's say, if I played better, played faster, killed these people with better strategy and stuff, that I could save Jesse. And more to the point, hopefully, at some point, if I played well enough, I could stop Sephiroth from killing Aerith. Like, that'd be really swell. That, that's what I want. You, you're a sick, twisted freak if you're like, I want Earth to die. I want to relive that. What I want is to be able to stop that from happening. And I would love for the opportunity to do that. And I would also like an alt game. If, if like, this main series, they just retell the story, but a little bit different. I would like them to do another Final Fantasy VII but maybe less story-driven. Maybe like in an alternate world where, you know, Avalanche can be successful and take down the whole Shinra Corporation. And the whole game is open-world Midgar and your Avalanche just taking on missions. And Jesse doesn't die. Like, Wedge didn't die. I'm like, did this happen in the original game? If, if he died in the original, he should have died in this one. If you're going to keep one of them alive, it should have been Jesse. What the hell, Square Enix? Again, shafting me. Or make it like Mass Effect. I get to choose who lives and who dies. But I guess that game, the alt game, is not realistic. What would be realistic, though, is if they did what Final Fantasy XV did and have an online, pseudo-online, you could play with people or use Recruit AI... I would like it if you could, if they did a game like that set before Avalanche, you know, basically gets whacked, and then you can make your own dude. I mean, it would work. There's lots of members, like other branches of uh, Avalanche, so you could have, you know, players make their own Avalanche character, and then team up with other people, or team up with the original Avalanche, and have them, and have them do missions in Midgar. Like, I think that's very realistic and possible. I mean, you have to ignore some of the details. I mean, you obviously can't, you know, take down all the reactors because then it's like, well, if this was set inside the story of Final Fantasy VII, then, uh, well, this didn't really happen. So, I mean, I guess that's even a stretch. But now that 
they've built this world, built this game. First of all, hopefully the second one comes out much sooner and is much bigger in scope. Because this one, I loved it, but my goodness, there's a lot of padding. There is a lot of filler shit in this. Like, there was a lot of side missions where I'm like, huh, I don't really want to do this side mission. I don't care about this person, and I don't even know if they're paying me. I guess they are. Because at first, I'm like, yeah, well, because people are complaining, oh yeah, it's a uh, pretty killer, but a lot of filler. And I'm like, well, I don't mind. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't mind interacting with the people of Final Fantasy VII and, and exploring the world and getting to see what these towns have to offer. And that was great in Sector 7. But once you hit Sector 5 and it's like, oh, so I'm doing the same shit. Okay, I guess so. And then, like, it gets worse and worse as the game goes along. I'm like, how many hindrances are you going to run into? Because it's never an easy A to B. It's A, I'm on my way to B, and then something happens. I have to take this huge detour, go to do like three different things before I can hit B and then when I hit B same shit happens before I can hit C and yes it did get a little annoying so it got padded out that way like I'm not complaining that this game will probably be like a 30 hour game at the end of the day but I am kind of complaining that like had they made it a 10 hour game where one way or another at the end of Midgar it's the end of the game I would be pissed off about that so you know all options considered this is the lesser of two evils. But I feel like if they're going to do a 30-hour game, it should have been like a legit all-killer, no-filler 30 hours. Break it down into two parts. But of course, these pieces of shit, as I've learned firsthand, are greedy and they just want your money. So they're going to break it down into as many parts as possible. I would not be surprised to see this thing go like four or five. But I don't think they should do that because you do run the risk that nobody's going to buy the last one. Because... Remember that movie, um, oh, I forget what it's called. It's not The Hunger Games. Oh, it was like Ascendant and Descendant or whatever. Like, it had like Shailene Woodley or whatever. But basically, what was it? I think there was supposed to be either two or three movies, but they got greedy. They added an extra movie. They took the last part. So either they took two and made it three or three and tried to make it four. But one way or another... I think it was three into four because by the third one, people were like, we just wanted that story to be over. Like the first one was good. The second one was all right. This one's, you should have just ended it. We're not coming back for a fourth. So the story never even got finished. So I'm hoping Square does not get that greedy where they're like, even though historically trilogies work the best, we're going to go for four or five parts. Because truth be told, after Aerith dies, if they go down that path, I'm, I'm probably not going to get the last couple. But, like, judging by this game and thinking back to how big the first game was, like the original, I don't see how they can do this with any less than five episodes. So they need to, like, I'll give them the benefit of doubt that they went down this road because they needed to get something out. They had burned, like, two or three years of development time, so they only really had two or three years to get something together. And then now that they have all the systems in place and stuff, the next one can, like, accelerate... And they have to. Once you leave leave Midgar, it has to be the open world, right? But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. They, they're probably going to just do it by continents, right? Same kind of idea, like each episode's a continent. Because even that's huge. It's like each one will be like a GTA 5 in it, on its own. But I'm rambling at this point. <laughs> There's no script, if you can't tell. I've basically given up on scripts. I'm speaking from my black, black 
heart. But these few days, despite, you know, other my regular mental health issues and, you know, dire financial straits, um, Final Fantasy VII, not fourteen. that's been a pain in my ass, but seven has been a great bright spot, even though it's brought on, you know, some painful moments, but even like me almost crying when Jesse died, it's been good. It's been really good. And I can't wait for the next one. I do hope they do like uh, FF15 comrades type of situation where I will be able to make a character who looks pretty damn much like me and get to play in the world of Final Fantasy VII as me. And if they want to make Jesse Raspberry my girl, you know, before she dies, that's cool too. Because yeah, my brother was like, well, they lost a customer. I'm like, I can't say the same. I can't say that. Because even though Skranik screwed me on Final Fantasy fourteen. They didn't screw me on 7, and I love 7 too much to not buy the second part, and the third part, and the fourth part, and fifth part, and whatever they're going to put out. So I give Final Fantasy 7 Remake, despite the padding, a 9 nine teardrops on my guitar out of 10. Alright, that's it. That's episode, I'm pretty certain it's 238, of the coolest podcast ever. One of the most beloved podcast over in Deutschland it's certainly number one in your heart even though that curve seems to be bending and certainly people feel like the end is coming soon I for one kind of don't think so because I feel like these dum-dums are going to open up the borders they're going to get back to business too soon and we're going to see wave two so it's going to be a tough few more months but yay you know what as I said Hopefully you're in a situation where you're not going to get thrown out on your ass. Hopefully you're not going to starve. And yeah, as long as you're not in those two situations, let the rest go. Don't give a shit. Life is full of shit. Just got to be able to be like, "Eh, dirt off my shoulder. So until next time, you stay safe. Stay alive to fight another day. This has been the Kenny Ho Show. You've just experienced showtime. And now it's nap time. Toodles!